Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Welcome to this week's Smallest Cast Podcast. This podcast is designed for the small government contractors, service providers, and manufacturers as part of the government contractor ecosystem, connecting people, organizations, and resources. I'm your host, Just Nate, and this week we've got uh, DK sitting here in the room with me. Welcome, DK. Live from the Smalls World Headquarters. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty sweet here. Nice little room. End of the day on Friday. Uh, snow wait, snow weekend waiting for snow mageddon or whatever they're calling it now and which i don't snowzilla got a half an inch snowzilla but uh so on the on the phone though today we do have somebody on the phone not in person um we have mr ed case who is the founder and owner of e-case consulting welcome to the smalls cast ed thanks guys great to be here Hey, uh, I just wanted you to know, Ed, I'm excited. Um, when we bring in, um, you are part of what we call the um, larger government contracting ecosystem, but specifically the service provider network, um, where you can provide support to small government contractors. And I'll let you talk about kind of what you do, but um, I'm, I'm excited about this. We haven't had too many folks on from your perspective. So this is a, a good uh, podcast for us and for our listeners. So excited about today. Well, great. I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah, I know we've uh, been kind of chasing emails back and forth for weeks now. Um, so I'm kind of glad that we were finally able to get you on on a show here. Um, it's always nice to, to hear from new people, another perspective. Um, so how about you, let's start out with uh, two minutes or less of what uh, eCase Consulting is and or does. Sure. Um, you know, the real short answer is I kind of focus on technology commercialization, which is kind of an outcome. A lot of the companies I deal with are part of the, the small business innovative research grants, you know, the SBIR program, and they're very technology focused individuals. But one of the requirements of that program is you actually find um they're called commercialization customers, and we can go into what that means. But you're, you're, looking, you're supposed to find someone beyond the research project that's funding you to, you know, adopt your technology and actually make it a product in the market. And, you know, it's a program that runs across 10 different agencies in the U.S. government. But um, in general, people are developing things that have a specific need, and I can help them figure out what the broader need is among whether it's prime contractors or consumers, other businesses, 
depends on, on what the technology is. I actually like that answer very well. And you were able to sum up in less than two minutes. Dennis just gave me crap about why do you only give them two minutes? It doesn't make any sense. You just let them talk for a long time. I'm like, no, this is a conversation. And so I'm trying to set it up. So Ed, what we, what we find actually on these uh, podcasts, when we do them remote, we prefer to do them in person because you can't, you can't see each other. Right. So when you're, when you're on the phone, um, you know, if I wouldn't have let say, you know, try to sum it up in two minutes or less, we've actually had people go on for like 10, 15 minutes without letting us talk at all. So it wasn't a conversation. It was just like a monologue, which is very boring. And I'll stop my monologue now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Ed, um, are there any, um, um, specific, service like like government services and by that i mean like army navy air force marines um that your kind of your clients are focused on or are you kind of agnostic to whatever you're and, and talk to me a little bit about what how how are you doing what you said you were doing as far as like getting them ready and helping the company to be where they're at so so two questions there i guess is are you are you customer agnostic or you got to do one more service than the other and then the other question is um, how do you do what you're doing? So I'm pretty much customer agnostic. I've done things across pretty much any agency that, that participates in the program. But by degree, I'm a mechanical engineer. Um, I've been doing business development for 20 plus years, but originally I used to design aircraft engines for F-18 fighters way back in the day. So, So I tend to work with the agencies more that have an engineering focus. So I do a lot of DOD, a lot of NASA, a lot of Department of Energy is probably the the focus, which actually matches up pretty well with the SBIR ecosystem in Colorado. Those are the the types of small companies in Colorado, um, the agencies that they're focused on. So probably more more of a focus um, with the, as I said, the the DOD pantheon of, of agencies and then Department of Energy and NASA. So let me let me try to back, take it. Wait, he didn't finish the second part of that, but okay, we'll get back to that later. Oh, well, go ahead, finish. No, it's okay. Go ahead, ask. No, so remind <laughs> me what the second part was. <laughs> the second part was how how are you doing um, the support? What what can you walk me through? Like, if a company comes to you and says, "Hey, we got this cool tech." I mean, I'm assuming this is how it's going to go, right? Hey, I got this cool tech, but we're not sure what to do next. Do you walk them through the SBIR process and product development and all that? What do you, what do you do specifically? So that's a a great question because what happens a lot of times is people have a very narrow focus. You know, I'm, I'm, here's the topic that's been published and here's what I can do for this topic. So I try to get people to think more broadly, who else has a similar problem that might have a need? And then We'll do a, a couple things. So we'll go off and we'll do some market research. So we'll help, we'll size some markets, look at growth rates to help them kind of prioritize what those other places they may go to are. Um, for some people, I'll actually call um, subject matter experts or potential customers on their behalf and kind of do the, the requirements gathering. Um, is this the kind of solution you want? What things does it have to have? What are the nice to have? And how that all gets built together is then part of it. The SBIR proposal process is a commercialization plan. And for a phase one proposal, that can be, you know, two to five pages for a phase two, which is a, a bigger chunk of money. It tends to be more like 12 to 15 pages. So I help them figure out 
what their target markets are. And then I help them explain in their proposal how once the government helps them develop this technology, what broader markets they can take it to, what customers are saying about the technology and the need for the technology, and you know what the potential is for sales, whether it's you know, so I help them do the revenue projections and all the pieces that say, yes, there's there's a commercial business around this research project. Okay. Um, no, that, that, that really makes sense. However, I, what I was going to say is I was a little surprised when you said that people develop a product around a specific problem as opposed to more generalized use products. Right. I, I guess I was just surprised because whenever I think of developing something on my own, I would my brain goes to how can I get this to how can I get my product into Walmart? Right. Because to that to me, that's like the end all be all of that means that it's out there everywhere. That's why you don't ever. That's why you don't have any Nate products at Walmart. Nate, how do you know? <laughs> I might have a brass uh, foot massage machine. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think you have to start where he started, where, where, where Ed started. What's the problem? And then you can take that. Yeah. So, so, well, no, I, I get that. But yeah, here, here, here's the problem. Real, just real quick. I didn't mean to interrupt yet, but here's the problem. And and Dennis and I, we work with a lot of uh, tech. Um, tech accelerator programs, stuff like that, too. And one of the things I come across is I come across companies all the time that say, hey, Nate, you know, can the smalls help us? We have a product. We just don't know. Uh, you know, our product is something that the government doesn't even know that they need yet. For example, how do I get it in front of them? Are you going to pull a Steve Jobs? That's what you're doing just now. Yeah, sure. No, I'm, but it, it's true. I don't, I re, very rarely do we find a company that says, I have this product that's going to very specialize here. And that's what accelerators right. do very well, right? They're like, oh, well, here's a problem statement. Who can do this? But we're finding, at least I am, companies coming to me saying, I've got, you know, there's great latest and greatest software thing that the government doesn't know they need yet. How do I get it in front of them and, and get us get a sale on something like that? Have you have you ran across yeah, that so at all? That, you know, that is the more common way to approach going to market. And the way that I help people is kind of an artifact of the SBIR program. So, for example, NASA may put out a research topic that says, I need an infrared camera for a Mars rover. That's pretty specific. Yeah. And what I do is I help the researchers say, well, okay, who else needs something general, not just an infrared camera, but infrared detection technology? What other markets does that apply to? And then we have a conversation maybe about how that could be a, a product for security systems. The government aspect might be military or department Department of Homeland Security, but there's a broader market for that. Um, so as an example, the, the company I started doing SBIR stuff for with did plasma simulation software to help the Department of Energy design particle accelerators. So if that doesn't sound like a niche technology, I don't know what <laughs> does. Everybody's got a particle accelerator in their but, garage. <laughs> but then when you start to you know peel the layers, it's like, well, who else uses particle accelerators? Turns out that that's a technology that's used to create some of the radioisotopes for cancer therapies. But more generally, this is all based on simulating plasmas, and plasmas are just fluids with charged particles. Who else does those types of processes? Well, it turns out that's how you make silicon wafers in the semiconductor industry. It's how you make 
solar panels in that industry. So what I help them do is think about the general terms of the problem they solve and then who else has that problem. So we broaden from being a DOE-focused SBIR company to starting to look at commercial applications in the semiconductor industry. Um, plasmas are also used for space propulsion. There's some cool things the military likes to do with um, aerodynamics that deal with plasmas, but that's all top secret stuff. When you say too much about it, you end up in a orange jumpsuit. So we don't talk a lot about that. So, so just thinking more broadly about once you answer this specific research topic in an SBIR solicitation, how do you go to a broader market? So it's, it's really product development done backwards. It's like, okay, now I've got a hammer. Help me find all the nails. So do you only find these folks from SBIRs or do you find them from, uh, and actually, you know what, let's take a quick step back. Can you explain for our listeners what an SBIR is? You know, cause we might have some people that are just getting into government contracting or, or want to get into or government. wanting to get in. So and they have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is a program that's been around since the, the mid eighties and there's actually two aspects to it. So, SBIR is where a small business does innovative research. That's what the acronym is. Then there's a, a companion program called STTR, which has a tech transfer component. And that what that means is a small business partners with a nonprofit research organization. So that's a lot of cases it's a university, could be a government lab, it could just be a, a not-for-profit research entity. And what happened is it's a set-aside program that says three point some odd percent of your external R&D has to be spent with a small business concern. So about half the program is funded by the DOD because they have the largest um, R&D budget. So a need will come up like I need a new kind of antenna for a software-defined radio or something like that. So they will put out a solicitation and each agency does it differently. But in the case of the DOD, they do three solicitations per government year. And then they do some what are called out of cycle or out of phase um, solicitations for special topics. So when they publish all these topics, you've got like two months from the time you read it to, to the deadline to submit a proposal. And the proposals are, you know, 15, 20, 30 page research proposals that say, here's my background, here's why I think I can solve this problem, and here's where I think it can be used elsewhere. That's the commercialization portion. So it's kind of a, a way for the government to do R&D with small businesses and give them a set-aside that protects it from you know, the large primes of the world. And when people decide that they're going to pursue one of those, um, you know, they, they go through the, the whole proposal process, but they end up with telling the military specifically how they can solve the problem, but to get what's called, so phase one is a proof of concept, phase two is a prototype, and phase three is now I've got a, something I can sell commercially. So as you move through that spectrum, you have to have the end goal in mind. You have to be able to tell the government, this is what I'm going to do for you specifically, but more generally, I can solve all of these problems 
And then I become a, a going business as opposed to a government only contractor. So, so that's the SBIR, the STTR that usually comes after an SBIR phase three then? No. No. That, so that would be if instead of the small business wanting to pursue the technology on their own, that would be where the small business may partner with a professor at University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, or, um, you know, CU Boulder or CSU in Fort Collins, because they, there may be a particular technology or expertise that resides there that makes a stronger research proposal. So SBIR and STTR um, are parallel tracks to the same goal, which is to write a proposal that, that meets that specific government need. Okay, so is there like three phases for either one then? Yeah, there's three phases for either one. Oh, okay. And so the first phase, you, you get like six to nine months to complete a proof of concept. Phase two is more on the order of two years worth of effort. In instead of the hundred thousand dollars for phase one, it's kind of a on the order of a million dollars for a phase two. And then phase three of the SBIR program is the biggest misnomer because it's anything that isn't SBIR funds. So if you have a a research project with the Navy, it's all SBIR. But at phase three, if you then deploy it with an operational command then that's commercialization, even though it's the same customer in the larger sense. So that would mean that it's essentially at a TRL. Now that you're really confused, I bet. Well, that would mean is you're at a TRL level at like eight or nine then, right? Yes. So ready to be deployed exactly. or ready to go in... out on the shelf of commercial company, right? Right, exactly. Okay. So that, that helps. That helps. And I, there's I been think... some really interesting... There's been some really interesting companies like Qualcomm, you know, the people who make all the, the cell phone components, they started out as an SBIR company, oh, at least in part. So, so there are companies, you know, there's, there's tens of thousands of patents that have come out of this. Um, I just had a, a client that was acquired by a very large um, defense prime because they had cool technology that helped the prime. So they acquired the company. So, you know, there's, there's, some interesting exits that aren't that different from what the the normal startup is looking for. Well, so with taking taking my hat off from just Nate of the smalls and putting my hat on as my everyday day job that pays my bills, I am a technology scout for my company. So you and I need to chat afterwards. So as your clients are going through your program, if you need to socialize their tech through somebody, I'm more than willing to help you guys socialize that tech through uh, to customers. Yeah, and apparently there's a whole. Well, great because that, that's one of the things they. Go ahead. That, that's one of the things that they struggle with is is how do I get to the next step? How do I find the right person? So, technology scouts, both the military and the civilian um, technology scouts, do a great job. You just got to find them. Right. I was going to say there's a whole network of. Tech scouts too. That's a whole nother. Yep. We need to have some of those guys online. Yeah. And I, I just joined uh, that crew now. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole new world and uh, you're right. These people are extremely well connected. Um, one of the things I would tell you, your, uh, your people that you are, you, your, uh, your customers is one of the ways to do it, to get connected is, is to join the smalls as well. 
to get on our mailing list and, and be part of everything that we do. You know, everything's out there on our websites. Um, it just kind of helps out. Um, and then we help each other out. So, and we haven't had to have the networking and the prime meetings and yeah. all that, but that, that'll be kicking off here again. Sometime. Yeah. As soon as craziness slows down <laughs> here, but Hey Dennis, real quick, we need to go to a quick yep. commercial break. And then when we come back, we'll talk more of that. Hello, this is James Jordan, founder and CEO of Archer Jordan. We're the leader in providing professionally managed fringe benefit plans to government contractors. Let me ask you a question. Is contract compliance stressing you out? Archer Jordan meets the challenge of ensuring regulatory compliance and maximum cost savings through our flagship program, Aero Contractors Trust. Visit archerjordan.com to schedule a free consultation today. Welcome back to this week's Smallest Cast podcast. Uh, this week we have Ed Case from eCase Consulting with us. Welcome back, Ed. Thanks. So, okay, so we, we've kind of touched before the commercial break there. We were touching on um, all the tech, the technology, what eCase Consulting does. Um, and now Dennis has a few questions of his own for you. Yeah, what, what's the E for eCase Consulting? I'm kidding. Hey, so. <laughs> we're, a, we're a tech company here, I tell you. No, Ed, so, so I kind of want to shift slightly away from kind of what you do. Um, with regard to eCase and, and how you help companies. But so um, how did you get started in this field? So I'm going to shift a little bit because I want to talk about, you know, if guys are out there and they want to start a consulting business or a small government contracting business, what are some of the lessons learned? So that's kind of where I'm going with this. So so how, so how did you get to this point here in your career or what you're doing today? So one of the things I kind of discovered through, you know, it takes years of getting it beat into your head, but I'm really good at solving problems. But once the problem is solved, it's not real interesting for me. And when I was in bigger companies, you know, I'd solve the problem. And then they're like, okay, now you get to just manage, keep, you know, turning the crank. And I didn't find that real compelling. So, you know, what I do now is, is more on a project basis. I kind of jumpstart these companies and I move on to the next company that, that needs that, that jumpstart. So, for me personally, that's kind of how I got into it. But um, in general, it's it's just kind of, you know, you follow your passion. And like I say, my passion's solving problems. And, and the way I do it now is kind of the, the one to many. I help people explain their solution to an entire market as opposed to just kind of a one-on-one, -on -one, let's solve your problem. So, so the, for people who want to get into consulting, you know, work your network. Um, the people that you've helped in the past or that you've, you've had a good relationship with in the past, they're the ones that are going to kind of make connections for you. And you just have to network and, and you have to focus too. I, I kind of kid that I've done stuff across all the agencies, but you know, I've, I've probably done, you know, I may look at a hundred proposals a year and I bet you 80 to 85% of them are from the, you know, the three agencies, DOD, NASA, and Department of Energy. So, you know, follow your passion, focus, work your network. That's, that's kind of how consultants live. And um, so do you have any, well, I guess I was asking, do you have any advice for the startups? But that's kind of it. What about from a, um, a company perspective, you know, as you're starting your company, what were some of the things you had to think about um, with regards to, um, since you're, I don't know if you have employees or whatever, you know, 
what, what were the basic things you had to think of when you were first starting the company, the mechanics of the company? And did it, did anybody help you? So one of the, the things I've kind of done on both sides of it. So I did got some assistance from the small business development centers throughout the state. I happen to live in Boulder, work with the Boulder center. And actually I'm a consultant for the Boulder center. And actually I'm a consultant for the network statewide. So I provide SBIR consulting through my company, but I also provide a service through the SBDC. And that's, that's kind of a way of giving back. You know, I, I do things with the SBDC and sometimes introductions or, or relationships grow out of, out of that work. So, you know, finding SBDCs are great at helping you figure out what your business is and, and what things you need to pay attention to as you're running a business. And um, it can also, you know, be a way to, um, to network and, and find the, the types of people you want to interact with. Now, so, now, now the SBDC in Boulder, they're pretty uh, powerful is not the right word, but they're one of the stronger SBDCs in the state. I mean, you guys do a lot of good things up there. So applaud to you supporting them. They, they are well known throughout the state, especially for government contracting, even though there's not a huge amount up there. I, I do tell everybody there's four areas in the state that are, I have a lot of government contracting going on and that's, that's Denver Aurora area. Um, the Springs, Pueblo, and Boulder. Um, most people don't know, actually, that there's a lot of stuff up there in Boulder. Yeah, Boulder, you know, we do have some defense contractors, but a lot of people don't realize, like, the University of Colorado in Boulder um, gets more NASA funding than any other university in the U.S. So, um, you know, so we do, we do a lot of NASA, and we've got the other government labs. You know, we've got NIST, National Institute of Standards and Technology, and NOAA, which is, is, does the atmospheric stuff. So, you know, we, we have a pretty statewide, there's a very broad base. And you're right, there, there are pockets where, you know, it's more DOD here, more NASA here, more Department of Energy. You know, we have the NREL lab sitting in Golden. Um, we have a USDA lab sitting up in Fort Collins. So, you know, you, you kind of get, there's a pretty broad um, government ecosystem in the state. Right. Um, the other question I had for you is, so to date, what's been, what's your biggest challenge? And then what do you see the biggest challenges for these startup companies? I would say my biggest challenge is, is, you know, it's a a time management thing. You know, I, I, I deal with anywhere from, you know, 30 to 50 clients over the the course of the years. You have to keep everybody happy. So you have to hit deadlines. So, you know, so you have to weigh very carefully what commitments you make what their proposal deadlines are because you don't get to move those and, you know, just, just work to on the, the customer satisfaction and the, you know, on time performance type things. So, so do, um, Ed, do you have a team of a, people that helps you or are you a one man shopper now? Um, there's certain things that I do subcontract out. So I don't have employees. So anybody that, that works for me is, is kind of on a, a project basis. Um, okay. and I, you know, I actually keep that to a minimum just because I can better assure the quality of the work if I'm the one doing it. So, yep. So what about, what about the biggest challenge you see for these startups? What, what they're all coming to you kind of, I'm sure there's some common trends there. So what do you, what are you seeing? Well, for the, the ones who are, are entering 
this government contracting thing for the first time, it can be overwhelming. It's, it's, you know, what websites do I even look at to find opportunities and, um, you know, to, to actually be in the system, there's a bunch of registrations you have to do. There's actually a, a group that's nationwide, but um, shout out to the, the Colorado PTAC, the Procurement and Technical Assistance Center. They can help you get all that stuff registered. So I think the biggest challenge that the companies face is finding the, you know, the, the spirit guides that get them through the registration process get them through the, how do I even read a 230 page proposal to find out or a solicitation to find out if there's a topic for me? How do I even know which agencies have topics for me? So those are the the challenges that, that I also get involved with is, is kind of getting people inserted into that um, SBIR process with, okay, first off, tell me what to do and we'll figure out who needs it. And then we'll figure out, if they need it in this solicitation. And, you know, I also review solicitations so that, you know, I can give people guidance on the things that the reviewers are going to look for when they score a proposal. So those are the challenges. When you're first into it, um, it's, you know, the overwhelming sea of acronyms that you have to (laughs) figure out in in, to get to a point where actually you're productive and are pointed in the right direction. I, I, I'm laughing because a- acronyms are one thing, right? Because every organization and every agency has their own. But then you were talking about um, just, you know, finding the solicitations. Where do you go? And, and, and I'm a BD guy. And I laugh every day because somebody will go, hey, have you seen this one? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, well, it was posted on this. Oh, well, I'm not on that. Or, you know, or just I am on it, but I just don't see it. And I'm amazed. I am amazed at the depth and breadth and numbers of opportunities that are out there. And at first I thought there can't really be that many things for people to do. And that's, that's just within the kind of the, the DOD U S government space. Cause I'm in kind of that space that you talked about the DOD, NASA, maybe a little DOE, but we're, we're, we're branching out in some other areas, but you know, then you talk about state and local governments and you're talking about, you know, international opportunities and just, it is mind blowing really. So if you do have a technology, I agree with you. There there's opportunity. You just kinda initially have to focus and find that specific sweet spot and then kind of pivot off of that. And there there really is a a market out there for just so many things. Well, one of the things I found yeah, out Yeah, it, it it's a challenge. One of the things I found out is is the local stuff, state and local. To me, that seems to be even a little more difficult because there is even more websites you need to register Yeah, because it's not just one location you go to. Like literally, if you want to do something at the state level, you practically have to register at the state yep. and then you're the county you're in as well sometimes yep. just to do business. And then if you even want to go down to like the schools or something like that, now you have to register even within districts. So even just to get to those contracts, it can be overwhelming. I mean, Dennis and I have been doing the BD thing. He, he's been doing it for a lot longer than I had. Um, but just trying to find stuff, you're, you're right. That's, that's a very difficult job. I mean, that's a full-time job right there. So if you're, if you're a CEO trying to be the janitor, try to be the proposal writer, plus the engineer doing the work, uh, it's virtually impossible. You need to hire more people. Yeah. And that's another place I get involved. Um, so the state of Colorado has a pretty interesting program called the advanced industries program where they actually do matching grants. And um, so I'm actually a judge in the aerospace section, but 
getting people to navigate that and, and where that becomes a, a great source of non-dilutive funding is SBIRs are great at helping you mature the technology, but they don't give you money towards the non-technical parts of making a product. Like you can't use the money to go to a trade show. You can't use the money to, you know, build out your product literature. And the, if you can combine an SBIR grant with an advanced industry grant, the advanced industry grant can actually pay for all the, the non-technical parts. Um, in twice a year, they, they solicit proposals. And, you know, I think we, the last time around, we funded 20 some odd companies to the tune of like $7 million of non-dilutive funding. It's from actually, the state of Colorado. It's so, actually open right now through I think nine May April. It's open right now. The window for solicitations. Yeah, the the problem with those well, with those. So grants, there, there was one that closed March first, and then there's the infrastructure one that's open till April first. So now, do all of them grants? One of the problems I see, especially for the smaller companies, um, it's it's matching. Well, it's matching. Yeah, the two to one matching. So if you're asking for $500,000, you need to come to the table with a million dollars before they'll give you 500000 That's why you're saying you combine it with an SBIR. I don't know. Can you consider yeah, an so, SBIR so you, match? Yep. Nice. See, I learned so something you, today. If Me you too. have a phase two SBIR, if you have a phase two SBIR, which is going to be on the order of a million dollars, um, the unspent spent portion of your SBIR can be the match. So... You know, you can you can couple the the technical aspects that you're developing with the SBIR with. Do I need to patent something? Do I need to go to specific trade shows? Do I need to build out a manufacturing line? You know, all those other things. You can use the state money to fund that part of it. Uh, so you can can you well the the app the technol well the techno there's rules to it though right so the technology. Um, doesn't have to necessarily be- benefit the state. The technology has to bring in jobs, right? That's kind of for the state um, grant. Is that kind of how that works, if, I, if I'm correct? Yeah, two of the criteria they look at are job creation and um, attracting capital investment into the state. So um, those are, are two of the, the big criteria that they get looked at um, as I, as a judge, would look at uh, an application coming in. Okay. Nice. So you're doing a lot of stuff, Ed. But uh, no, and uh, we, we thank you for, for calling out PTAC as well. Uh, we're both huge supporters of PTAC. Pretty much every single person we talk to, uh, that's the very first place we'll send them. Um, unless, you know, if, if they're a business and looking to get into the government contracting, if they're not a business yet, just trying to say, Hey, we got an idea. We want to become a business. We obviously start with um, the s- small uh, SBDC. Uh, to kind of help them with their business plan and all that kind of stuff. And then once they get going uh, to get access and get their SAM registration done, their DUNS and all that kind of stuff, that's when we say, yeah, here's PTAC. They're free for everything. They're now your new best friends. Yep. So, um, Ed, um, you've told us a lot of great information today. I, I thank you for coming on. I, I, uh, I'm still sitting here. I've got three pages of notes um, and I want to talk to you afterwards too. Um how do people get a hold of you? That's the most important thing. Now that you've talked about what you do and you do a lot of things, by the way, um, involved with a lot of, a lot of different groups. Um, but how do we get a hold of you or the clients get a hold Website, of you? Website. What, what do you got? 
Yeah, so, so I got a website, and I'll admit my, my website's pretty thin because most people looked at my LinkedIn profile because as a sole proprietor, they're, they're buying me. So, But the website is um, ecaseconsulting.com, and it's case with a K. Um, I'm just Ed Case on LinkedIn. Um, you can actually find me on the um, SBDC website because I'm one of their technology consultants. Um, so those are probably the, the three most common ways people find me. Um, did you did you say ecaseconsulting.com, right? Yes. With a K, ecase with a K. Okay. With a K. Yep. Okay. Because we want to get folks in touch with you. I have some ideas already right now that I need to talk to you about. That's why I said. Well, I so I had another question. I just okay. kind of popped in my head. Ed, are you are you connected with all the different accelerators or um, those types of, of places? So when people go through and finish those SBIRs, that they can then interact with you, or how? I mean, how do you get or most get of your into, business? Or they're part. They end, typically the accelerators like the space accelerator. They don't have an SBIR yet, or they're just they're trying to get that, into an SBIR. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you, does Ed come in before that or after the SBIR? Where, where do you normally get your consultants? I I fit in through the whole spectrum. So I actually do support two accelerators. The, okay. The SBDC network does the technology venture accelerators. We're just finishing up a cohort now that's uh, in all um, woman-owned company one. Mm. Um and I also support the Catalyst Accelerator down in Colorado Springs. So I'm one of the consultants that helps the companies with market research, um, work some with Russ Long on the SBIR stuff, and then help people develop their pitches for the final pitch event that closes that out. So I do stuff with Catalyst down in Colorado Springs and the SBDC Tech Source program is a statewide program. The technology commercialization part is run out of the Boulder SBDC and the cybersecurity part is run out of the Colorado Springs um, SBDC office. So how do I get on that list um, for those events? So I go to pretty much every single accelerator event here in Colorado Springs. Um, but as a tech scout, I need to get involved with even more of these, like the one you just mentioned, the technology eccentric accelerator. Um, yeah, so the, there's a, so if you go to, um, just Colorado SBDC.org, you can find the, um, the tech source program. And if you go to the catalyst campus website, um, and the accelerator, I believe, is it might be Catalyst.Space because they work with um, Air Force Research Lab and now with Space Force um, to, to bring their companies through. And they're, act, they're actually starting a new cohort, which is um, on-orbit service assembly and manufacturing. So those applications close, I think, on the 29th. So. Correct, correct, yep. Yeah, no... So yeah, this is this has been great, Ed. You've kind of opened our eyes into a little bit more on the consulting side, um, and then of course it was great information uh, letting the everybody out there listen and understand um, about SBIRs, STTRs, Phase One, Two, Threes, you know, kind of everything all included, and then um, what you can kind of uh, bring to the table and help them walk them through this. There is help out there, 
So I think that that's huge. So we appreciate that. Yeah, happy to happy to discuss it. And like I say, it's it's the fun thing for me is I get to you know hang out, listen to people with some cool technology, and help them figure out how to solve other problems. So, and you get paid for it. What better way has you do it? Well, you know, we all have mortgages and car payments. That's and, right. You know, life intervenes in our, our little dream worlds all the time. So, not me. I live in a van in the parking lot, but that's another story. I live in a van down by the river. <laughs> the van is paid off. <laughs> Eating government cheese. <laughs> I got three kids. <laughs> They're in the van in the parking lot <laughs> down by the river. <laughs> No, and I, I, so yeah, I, I want to say thanks for coming on the show today. This has been enlightening for us. Uh, I think it's going to be enlightening for everybody out there in radio listening land. Um, and uh, yeah, we appreciate you coming on board. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate the time today. This has been great, guys. And and stay, uh, I don't know, it's not warm anymore. Stay unburied, I guess, <laughs> in the snow. Yeah, if we get some <laughs> snow. I don't know what Boulder's supposed to get. Anything they already there. got snow. Did they? Yep, you already got snow, right? Um, actually, we don't have any snow right now, but we're supposed to get at least 15 mm. inches out of this. So there you go. Snow- we'll Snowzilla. See. I'm claiming it. Snowzilla. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk again on Monday morning. Here, so. <laughs> okay, well, with that being said, once again, thanks again, Ed. And uh, this is Just Nate with the Smalls signing off. Thanks for listening. You've reached the end of another episode of the Smalls Cast podcast. Connect with us at thesmalls.org. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. See you at the next episode.